0: CHAPTER SEVEN OF A TALE OF A TUB BY JONATHAN SWIFT. THIS LibriVox RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. A DIGRESSION IN PRAISE OF DIGRESSIONS I have sometimes heard of an Iliad in a nutshell, but it has been my fortune to have much oftener seen a nutshell in an Iliad. There is no doubt that human life has received most wonderful advantages from both but to which of the two the world is chiefly indebted i shall leave among the curious as a problem worthy of their utmost inquiry for the invention of the latter i think the commonwealth of learning is chiefly obliged to the great modern improvement of digressions the late refinements in knowledge running parallel to those of diet in our nation which among men of a judicious taste are dressed up in various compounds consisting in soups and olios fricassees and ragouts it is true there is a sort of morose detracting ill-bred people who pretend utterly to disrelish these polite innovations and as to the similitude from diet they allow the parallel but are so bold as to pronounce the example itself a corruption and degeneracy of taste They tell us that the fashion of jumbling fifty things together in a dish was at first introduced in compliance to a depraved and debauched appetite, as well as to a crazy constitution, and to see a man hunting through an olio after the head and brains of a goose, a widgeon or a woodcock is a sign he wants a stomach and digestion for more substantial victuals. Further, they affirm that digressions in a book are like foreign troops in a state, which argue the nation to want a heart, and hands of its own, and often either subdue the natives, or drive them into the most unfruitful corners. But, after all that can be objected by these supercilious censors, it is manifest the society of writers would quickly be reduced to a very inconsiderable number of men, who put upon making books with the fatal confinement of delivering nothing beyond what is to the purpose. It is acknowledged that were the case the same among us as with the Greeks and Romans, when learning was in its cradle, to be reared and fed and clothed by invention, it would be an easy task to fill up volumes upon particular occasions, without further expatiating from the subject than by moderate excursions, helping to advance or clear the main design. But with knowledge it has fared us with a numerous army encamped in a fruitful country, which for a few days maintains itself by the product of the soil it is on, till provisions being spent, they send to forage many a mile among friends or enemies, it matters not. Meanwhile the neighbouring fields, trampled and beaten down, become barren and dry, affording no sustenance but clouds of dust the whole course of things being thus entirely changed between us and the ancients, and the moderns wisely sensible of it, we of this age have discovered a shorter and more prudent method to become scholars and wits without the fatigue of reading or thinking. The most accomplished way of using books at present is twofold, either first to serve them as some men do lords, learn their titles exactly and then brag of their acquaintance, or secondly, which is indeed the choice profounder and politer method to get a thorough insight into the index by which the whole book is governed and turned like fishes by the tail. For to enter the palace of learning at the great gate requires an expense of time and forms, therefore men of much haste and little ceremony are content to get in by the back door. For the arts are all in a flying march, and therefore more easily subdued by attacking them in the rear, Thus physicians discover the state of the whole body by consulting only what comes from behind. Thus men catch knowledge by throwing their wit on the posteriors of a book, as boys do sparrows with flinging salt upon their tails. Thus human life is best understood by the wise man's rule of regarding the end. Thus are the sciences found like Hercules' oxen by tracing them backwards. Thus are old sciences unravelled like old stockings by beginning at the foot. Besides all this, the army of the sciences hath been of late with a world of martial discipline drawn into its close order, so that a view or a muster may be taken of it with abundance of expedition. For this great blessing we are wholly indebted to systems and abstracts in which the modern fathers of learning, like prudent usurers, spent their sweat for the ease of us their children. For labour is the seed of our idleness, and it is the peculiar happiness of our noble age to gather the fruit. Now the method of growing wise, learned, and sublime, having become so regular an affair, and so established in all its forms, the number of writers must needs have increased accordingly, and to a pitch as has made it of absolute necessity for them to interfere continually with each other. Besides, it is reckoned that there is not at this present a sufficient quantity of new matter left in nature to furnish and adorn any one particular subject to the extent of a volume. This, I am told, by a very skilful computer, who hath given a full demonstration of it from rules of arithmetic. This perhaps may be objected against by those who maintain the infinity of matter, and therefore will not allow that any species of it can be exhausted for answer to which let us examine the noblest branch of modern wit or invention planted and cultivated by the present age and which of all others hath borne the most and the fairest fruit for though some remnants of it were left us by the ancients yet have not any of those as i remember been translated or compiled into systems for modern use therefore we may affirm to our own honour that it has in some sort been both invented and brought to a perfection by the same hands. What I mean is that highly celebrated talent among the modern wits of deducing similitudes, allusions and applications very surprising, agreeable and apposite from the signs of either sex, together with their proper uses. And truly, having observed how little invention bears any vogue besides what is derived in these channels, I have sometimes had a thought that the happy genius of our age and country was prophetically held forth by the ancient typical description of the Indian pygmies, whose stature did not exceed above two feet, sed quorum pudenda crassa et ad talos usque potingetia. Now I have been very curious to inspect the late productions wherein the beauties of this kind have most prominently appeared, and although this vein hath bled so freely, and all endeavours have been used in the power of human breath to dilate extend and keep it open like the scythians who had a custom and an instrument to blow up these parts of their mares that they might yield the more milk yet i am under an apprehension it is near growing dry and past all recovery and that either some new fond of wit should if possible be provided or else that we must e'en be content with repetition here as well as upon all other occasions. This will stand as an uncontestable argument that our modern wits are not reckoned reckon upon the infinity of matter for a constant supply. What remains, therefore, but that our last recourse must be had to large indexes and little compendiums. Quotations must be plentifully gathered and booked in alphabet. To this end, though authors need be little consulted, Yet critics and commentators and lexicons carefully must, but above all, those judicious collectors of bright parts and flowers and observanders are to be nicely dwelt on by some called the sieves and balters of learning, though it is left undetermined whether they dealt in pearls or meal, and consequently whether we are more to value that which passed through or what stayed behind. By these methods, in a few weeks there starts up many writer. Eras- capable of managing the profoundest and most universal subjects for what though his head be empty provided his commonplace book be full and if you will bait him but the circumstances of method and style and grammar and invention allow him but the common privileges of transcribing from others and digressing from himself as often as he shall see occasion he will desire no more ingredients towards fitting up a treatise that shall make a very comely figure on a bookseller's shelf there to be preserved neat and clean for long eternity adorned with the heraldry of its title fairly inscribed on a label never to be thumbed or greased by students nor bound to everlasting chains of darkness in a library but when the fullness of time is come shall happily undergo the trial of purgatory in order to ascend the sky without these allowances how is it possible we modern witch should ever have an opportunity to introduce our collections listed under so many thousand heads of a different nature, for want of which the learned world would be deprived of infinite delight as well as instruction, and we ourselves buried beyond redress and in an inglorious and undistinguished oblivion. From such elements as these I am alive to behold the day wherein the corporation of authors can outvie all its brethren in the field, a happiness Derived to us with a great many others from our Scythian ancestors, among whom the number of pens was so infinite that the Grecian eloquence had no other way of expressing it than by saying that in the regions far to the north it was hard possible for a man to travel, the very air was so replete with feathers. The necessity of this digression will easily excuse the length, and I have shown for it as proper place as I could readily find. If the judicious reader, find a of fitter, I do here empower him to remove it into any other corner he please, and so I return with great alacrity, to pursue a more important concern. End of section 7